Lose the Cape Podcast, episode 132. Well, hello. I am uh, very apologetic to anyone who actually downloads and listens our podcast every week that we completely skipped posting one last week. So um, as you may or may not know, depending on how recently you have listened to the podcast, we have switched over to going live on Wednesdays sometime between 10 and 1. Um, We haven't been able to narrow it down to a specific time yet because our lives are crazy. But um, And it depends on when the guest can be available as well. So we go live on the Facebook page um, to do our podcast interview live right there so that if you want to engage and ask questions and actually be there and see the speaker interviewed live or hear just me and Nancy ramble on as we often do, um, (coughs) excuse me, you can join us uh, on the Lose the Cape Facebook page on Wednesdays for our live podcast interview. And then we're taking those interviews and we're downloading the audio and cutting out all the stuff that has to do with the live uh, things, like in this particular one where our live stream kept turning off and we had to like troubleshoot for like 10 minutes. It was insane. But anyway, um, then we're posting them to the podcast page like normal so that Everybody can consume it however they want to, either watching it live on Facebook or downloading the audio like normal. Last week, we were running this huge summit um, called the Women in Publishing Summit, which was a phenomenal success, and we were so excited that we were able to share all of these incredible women who are publishers, authors, editors, all of that stuff. Um, And we were so busy, like surprisingly busy. I knew that taking on a running a five day summit was going to be a lot of work, but I thought that we had done all of the work leading up to the summit. And I thought those five days of the actual summit were just going to be like a piece of cake and no issues, no problems. But I was wrong. And we wound up working like dogs the whole week. And so podcast did not get posted. For those of you who are new, I'm Alexa Bigwarf. I'm one of the hosts of the Lose the Cape podcast. My co-host, Nancy Cavillones, is also my uh, business partner and assistant. And for those of you who are used to listening to Aubrey, she's taking some time off to uh, handle some family needs and some personal needs and business needs and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully she'll be back with us when everything is under control and we wish her and her family the best as they get their lives um, adjusted and, and she's doing all the wonderful things to be a good mom and wife. So Today's episode is actually our monthly book club. If you haven't heard about our monthly book club yet, what we are doing is picking out a book that we want to read together over the course of the month, and then we discuss it live on the last Wednesday of the month, first on our Facebook live feed where you can come and join us and participate in the book club discussion if you want to, or you can listen to um, the rebroadcast. So this month we were reading Brene Brown's book and her newest book. And I always want to call it one of her old titles. So I'm just going to say Brene Brown's new uh, new book because my brain is totally flaking out on me right now. And, um, and then for the next month, for this month that we are currently in, March, we have chosen the book, Girl, Wash Your Face. Stop believing the lies about who you are so you can become who you were meant to be. Woohoo, girl power, all that good stuff. So we are going to post the link at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 132, where you can find that information, or we post about our book club 
um, choices each month on the web page just at losethecape.com and head over to the blog. So I hope you will uh, get this book if you are a Sparkle Hustle Grow subscriber. It is in your book, in your box this month. And um, we are super excited to talk about it the last Wednesday of the month. Okay, so without further ado, let's get into the February Book Club interview. Welcome to our crazy internet uh, Lose the Cape podcast, episode 132, our our monthly Lose the Cape book club post. Today we're talking about Brene Brown's Braving the Wilderness. And um, I have my my wonderful co-host, Nancy Cavalones, with me today. Did you tell me- did you tell me there is an S on the end or is it just Cavalones and I'm making it fancier than it needs to be? No, there's an S on the end. I mean, and is actually, it Cavalones I mean, or It's Well, it's really Cavalones. But, but this is what I tell people. The name is made up to begin with, so it really doesn't matter how you pronounce it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, you know, it's funny. This is the This is the thing with the internet world. Like, Nancy and I communicate from like 7 a.m. until sometimes as late as like midnight every single day. And I don't always know how to pronounce her name. Isn't that funny? <laughs> well, you know, the same thing, the same thing happened to me with um, Dana. Because like until I listened to her podcast, I had no idea that her name was pronounced Dana because I have a sister named Dana. Right. So in my head, I just kept calling her Dana Mallstaff, and then I heard it on the podcast, and I said to MJ, wait, her name is Dana? All this time, I've been calling her Dana. (laughs) So many people do. I try to correct them as often as possible, but, you know, and then it's one of those things that you feel like a jerk when somebody will say Dana, and I'm like, no, it's Dana. (laughs) (laughs) But, all right, so let me go, let me step back a couple steps and, um, and just say that uh, this is only the third or fourth of our new format, and hopefully one of these days our internets will catch up to uh, what we're trying to achieve here, but we are doing our podcast live on Facebook every Wednesday. We have not nailed down a time on Wednesday that always works, so basically we say between the 11 and 1 o'clock hours Eastern time um, on Wednesdays, we are live on the page doing our podcast, So, but we don't want to um, lose the people who like to listen to traditional podcasts, so if Facebook Facebook Live isn't your thing, or if you're at work or not able to um, hop on Facebook to watch a live event, we still publish the following week. We publish it as our regularly published podcast interview. So you can still uh, consume it either way, whether you want to be live with us. And the kind of the reason behind this was that we hoped that we would be able to um, get more engagement and interaction with our guests. So when people are coming on and talking about topics of interest, if uh, it, it, when we finally get our stuff all together the way we want it to be, we'll give you some advance notice so that you know who's coming on the podcast so that you can plan to be here with us. But for now, we are doing all things Lose the Cape style and just totally winging it, <laughs> faking it till we make yeah. it. Because right? <laughs> let's be honest, we are- Just like real life. 
Exactly. And y'all are going <laughs> to laugh, but we're doing our book club. So this is another new thing. This is only our second month of the book club. And shoot, I forgot to pick out a book. Normally when we do our book club, we announce the next month's book club. <laughs> But it's been so crazy. I haven't even had time to think about next well, month. Well, maybe, maybe did you see that um, Julie did a sneak preview of the book that's going to be in the March box? No, I missed that it. book. Oh, that's a good it's idea. Called, um, it's great. Let me look it up. It's called something like Clean Your Face. Clean Your Face? <laughs> well, the theme, the theme of the March box was Fargo Hustle Glow with Compton. Oh, oh, I like it. I like it. So, wait, let me, let me just look on um, Julie's page real quick and look at the name of the book. But I totally think you should do that for March and um, we'll have the book already. So that makes it easier for us. Yes, I love it. In case you don't know who or what we're talking about, we are talking about Julie Ball, who is the um, CEO and founder of Sparkle Hustle Grow, which is a subscription box for female entrepreneurs that we both subscribe to and love and adore. And each month you get a book, a training, and then some fun tools to, um, to have like new pens or, or paper clips or whatever you need for your office. It's, it's a fun little um, thing that I in, enjoy very much. And so Nancy was suggesting. I, got, see, we use next I like to use my stuff all the time. Yes, I know. Me too. I got this. I know, because who doesn't need more notepads? I mean, I'm constantly right. in the need of notepads. Um, and this awesome planner. I know it. But last, last I was going to say to Nancy, well, if we go with the Sparkle Hustle Grow book for next month, then I won't get it until like the middle of the month. But who am I kidding? It's the day of book club, and I started reading our book last night. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be good. <laughs> This, so, is just, this is really not that much different from like high school or college where I would just read the introduction and I would read the end of the book and then I would kind of just flip through it a little and then I would just bullshit my way through the discussion during class. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again. Um, okay, wait. The name of the book is called um, Girl, Wash Your Face by, by Rachel Hollis. Okay, so hold on. Let me grab this off of Amazon and I'll put it in here. While I am doing yeah. that, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for this podcast. The sponsor is the Women in Publishing Summit. Yay! If you have not heard us talk about the Women in Publishing Summit, first of all, you might say, I'm not in publishing. I don't need to attend a Women in Publishing Summit. But it is an opportunity for us to honor, recognize, and appreciate women authors, women publishers, editors, anyone involved in um, writing, publishing, and producing a book. The Women in Publishing Summit is a, a week. It runs live. It's an online, a free online conference that is um, running live March 5th through the 9th. Uh, the way it works is each day we'll be publishing um, more content and those videos will be available for 48 hours. So Monday through Friday, new content is posted. Um, so we are honoring, recognizing, and celebrating the accomplishments of women authors, publishers. And okay, oh my gosh, this internet is killing us both. Nancy's got Nancy's internet is so bad she had to go to her sister's house to record. My internet is just so crazy. I don't even know what's going on. It just like completely shuts down. It's it, like broadcasts at some point. It's very very frustrating. All right, so as we were saying, we are talking about. 
Renee Brown's book. Um, <laughs> and I can never, I want to call it Daring Greatly. <laughs> it's not Daring Greatly. We did Braving the Wilderness. Thank you, my Renee Brown. And Nancy and I were just talking about how we, um, yeah, life is just crazy. This is why I get kicked out of my live book club because every day, every time we were supposed to meet, I'd be like, uh, I haven't read the book. <laughs> okay, you know what? Whatever. Live book clubs are never about the book anyway. No, it's They're always about drinking wine. <laughs> That's exactly right. But I would be afraid to go because I'm like, we're going to have a book discussion and I haven't read the book. But that's just silly because nobody really cares about whether or not you write. We just get together. If you read the book, you read the book. Um, Nancy read about half the book. I read about one chapter. <laughs> No, but like I was saying, there was so much to unpack in this book that, like, we would have to have multiple book discussions to talk about everything that there is to talk about in this book anyway. So it's so true. You know, okay, so I have a confession to make. Um, I have always been a fan of Brene Brown. Like I read, I go to her website, I read her blogs, I hear everybody talking about her books, but I have never actually read one of her books before, which is crazy. Because uh, I really you like her. Well, me neither. Yeah. Me, me, yeah. I, I watch her TED Talk and she's yep. on live on Facebook and stuff like that. And I like love her, but I just, I've never, <laughs> this is her first book that I've read. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's crazy, but uh, my sister has read everything she does. Um, and, and, you know, she's a huge Brene Brown fan, but I thought it was super interesting because she addresses in this book, she talks, she talks about like racism and racial profiling and things like that. And I thought it was really funny because she talks about when she moved to New York as a child and how nobody invited her. So it's all about belonging and figuring out where you belong and all this kind of stuff is the theme of the book. And, um, or, or just making the world yours and belonging to yourself yeah. is what she comes to the conclusion that she comes to. But I thought it was funny, her comment about how she didn't get invited to children's birthday parties because of her name, because people right, they thought that she was black. Exactly. But it's funny when my sister first told me I'm reading this fantastic book by Brene Brown, a, a, uh, a, a I didn't know. I didn't, I, you don't know what yeah. like your mind kind of automatically assumes something i think it's okay to say that like we all have preconceived notions about you know like we pick up um signals from what somebody's name is yeah you know i mean it happens to me all the time because my maiden name is very jewish Bucky. <laughs> And then my nanny name is, well, like I said, it's made up, but technically it's like Cavellones. Yeah. <laughs> so technically it's Spanish and, you know, people are surprised because my email address has my maiden name. Right. People will be like, oh, you're Jewish? <laughs> and, I don't you know. know and it's just like, Jews. you know, because, <laughs> you know, you know, because when you first meet me, like, because I have dark hair and stuff. It kind of like makes sense that I have a Spanish last name, but then when you realize that I'm Jewish, you're always like, "Oh yeah, I guess you kind of look Jewish too." <laughs> like, you know, so I think we definitely, you know, so I understood what she meant because she talked about in one of the videos. She talked about how her name is actually Cassandra, 
Right. And her middle name is Brene. She mentioned that right. in the book too. And Cassandra is also like thought of as like a fairly like black name. Which says. is funny to me because I never, I, I think that must be like in different parts of the country because um, I didn't make like, yeah, Brene, Cassandra, no. Cassandra to me is just a normal, that sounds weird. I don't want to say, Cassandra is just like a. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, it, it doesn't name, really like, have, have any kind of like, you know, like designation. Right. Right. It's so crazy. But you know, I, I mean, the Cassandra that I grew up with was white. So. Yeah, I've only met white Cassandras too. We are going on such a strange direction with this book today. I'm going to blame it. On the <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but that, you know, but I think that Renee Brown would totally understand why we're going in this direction because she really, like, a lot of what she talks about in this book is about having those difficult conversations. Yeah. And talking about uncomfortable things. And I think that one of those uncomfortable things is talking about how. The, the assumptions that we make yes. based on what somebody's name is or what they look like or what we know about them and that like you need to talk about these things and we should brave the wilderness. Yeah, it, it, uh, you might, you bring up such a good point and it, it, it is an uncomfortable thing because who wants to admit that when they see a name they automatically jump to a certain conclusion. I mean, because then you're like, oh, I don't want people to think I'm a racist, but it's it's almost... I don't know. It's hard for me to say as like a average white person. Like, I don't know what, what would, would I be offended if somebody said, Oh, as soon as I saw your name, Alexa, I knew you were white. I don't know. I don't know because I've never had anyone say anything like that to me. Yeah, I know. It's just like, and again, you know, that's like a privilege thing, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, that like, like all those studies out there about how resume that have like black sounding names on them go to the bottom of the pile. Ooh. And then like resumes that have white sounding names go to the top of the pile. I mean, it's like a real thing. It's a real issue. And, um, you know, so it's like something that we have to address and talk about and figure out why. And like, even if we thought that a name was white or black, why does that influence our decision-making process amen that's so that's like the other side of the issue too it's like your preconceived notion and then you're making decisions based on those preconceived notions and you know in the one chapter that i've read of the book she doesn't address this so i don't know if she addressed it later but i wonder, i wonder if she thinks that's gotten any better since she was a child growing up in the late 60s i mean she talks about how the schools had just been desegregated so there was a lot of stuff happening and things like that but i wonder if it's any different now like if if children with names that sound like brene are still not getting invited to birthday parties and if we've made any real strides in, in fixing that or improving that? Well, I mean, I would like to think that, like, you know, the racism is less overt now, but I think it really depends on where you live. It totally depends on where you live. You know, I mean, like, here Speaking in Connecticut or New South. York. <laughs> yeah, you know, because, like, here in the Northeast, you know, like, you, 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 and, I, and also, I think the culture is different now. I mean, I think people generally just invite every kid in the class or they right. invite every girl in the class and every boy in the class and right. nobody really, even if they don't like the kid, <laughs> you right. know, 
Well, that's, know, so. the, that's the policy in our school. If you're going to send invitations to school for a birthday party, everybody has to be invited. So yeah. you either invite the whole class or you make friends with the parents of the kids that your child actually plays with, and then yeah. you invite them. But yeah, I'm happy I'm, to say that my kids are in very diverse classes and they have a very diverse group of friends. And well, where I, I live is not way. diverse at all. Oh. Where I live is not diverse at all. Yeah, like, I can imagine. I can town Connecticut. <laughs> yes, you know, like I can count on one hand like the number of like black people that live in my town. You know, and I just, you know, I don't know what to do about that. I live where I live. You well, know. you're moving, so you should get some. Yeah, that'll be a little more like, diverse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. But. Well, okay, so I want to talk, I do want to talk about the book because I think, and I will finish reading this book. It just happened that it coincides with the launch of our biggest thing we've launched in a very long time, and we've just been, both Nancy and I have been crazy busy. But um, I think that her book is so, so, so deeply relevant to everything that's happening in our world right now. And, um, you know, she talks, it's not only about finding your place where you belong, but it's a, it's, I think it's more deeply about finding a way to be comfortable with telling your truth and to be truthful of who you are and how you fit into the world and being okay with that. And, um, you know, I, 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 I highlighted like half of chapter one and that's just the way this book was going. Like everything she said, I just wanted to keep reading. I did not get yeah. this chapter, but chapter five, I absolutely love because she says, speak truth to bullshit, be civil, be civil. Someone who yeah. lies. I didn't speaks. even get that far. Yeah. But let me read this quote that she shares. She says, someone who lies and someone who tells the truth are playing on opposite sides, so to speak, in the same game. Each responds to the facts as he understands them, although the response of the one is guided by the authority of the truth, while the response of the other defies that authority and refuses to meet its demands. The bullshitter ignores the demands, these demands altogether. He does not reject the authority of the truth as the liar does and oppose himself to it. He pays no attention to it all. By virtue of this bullshit is a greater enemy of the truth than lies are. And I think that um, right now, this whole idea after Parkland and what's happening in the debate over gun laws and all of that stuff in our country, like this is so true. I mean, you can see so much emotion behind it, but so much like BS behind it as well, like fear mongering and lies and all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, and just being, being able to find that way to speak the truth in a civil way to, yeah. you know, show real data, try to take the emotion out of it, try to find the gray area, try to find out what it actually makes more sense, most sense in our society. And this is just one example, but I, I love how she's talking about it. I love how, you know, it, it, she says, she says, it's advantageous to recognize how we often rely on bullshitting and feel compelled to talk about things that we don't understand. And I think that's so like, I mean, you think of any topic, like when you're just really passionate about something, but you don't know why, and you don't really get all the stuff behind it. It's really easy to just like make something up <laughs> you know? Know. or rely on what you're hearing on sources that you don't know are true or not. Because um, like, I think it's, you know, and this is like one of the things that I learned when I was teaching, that you will get more 
respect from people and you look at a more positive response if you just say, I don't know. Right. I don't know the answer to that. I have to think about that. I need to do more research. I this is not something that I have a lot of experience with. Right. Um, I want to I wanna know what you think, you know, instead of just trying to pretend that you have all the answers or that you know what you're talking about or you know, we have to be comfortable saying, I don't know. Right. I don't know the answer to that. You right. know. Well, she, she also talks about the whole idea of the, um, if you're not with me, then you're my enemy, which we see so much in what's happening right now. It's amazing. I got unfriended by my sister-in-law because I posted that I wanted to see reform. And, you know, I, I'm, okay, I saw that. I, I'm, I'm okay with talking about it because if you're going to tell me I'm a shitty person, sorry for the language in this episode, just because you and I don't agree on something like this, then, then I'm okay calling you out about it because I'm speaking my truth. Brene Brown would be happy for me, happy about me, right? You know, and I found through this issue where I belong in my, I belong in advocacy. I have always stood for advocacy for children and children's health and safety issues. What bigger one is there? I mean, the World Health Organization has declared guns and gun violence to be a a, a health crisis in America for children. So it's yeah. not even just an emotional thing. It's a real thing. But anyway, <clears throat> this whole idea that if, if we stand on different sides of the argument, then, then we're enemies. And I just think that's ridiculous. I know we get no. passionate and that, you know, it's hard. It's hard for me to understand some perspectives and viewpoints, but I'm not going <clears> to, I'm not going to tell somebody I hate them because they think differently than I do on a topic. I'd really much rather have a conversation on understanding why they believe the way that they believe, because maybe that will influence me. And maybe if they listen to me on why I believe what I believe, it will influence them. Who knows? I mean, in chapter four, she talks about how, because the name of the chapter is people are hard to hate, close up, move in. People are hard to hate. People are hard to hate, close up, move in. Oh, yeah, exactly. And she just talks about how um, we're able to, like, hate large groups of people, even when even when we know people that are the exception to our rule. Right. And she even says in here, um, she, she gives like three examples of like what generalizations that we make about people, you know, and then one of them is like, you know, um, the political rhetoric is that Democrats are such leaders. Uh, and that's like from the point of view of a conservative. Right. Right. But then she gives an example about like that one person you know who's a Democrat who is definitely not a loser and helped you do some like difficult thing. And then the other one is Republicans are selfish assholes. <laughs> you know, that's like from the perspective of, you know, somebody who's a Democrat. But again, but you know that one Republican who's not a selfish asshole. Yeah. You know, and so you know, when we start to look at people, you know, as individuals, then it makes it harder to keep the whole group. And so it's the same thing with the gun control issue. Yep. Like the, you know, both sides had like preconceived notions about, you know, 
what the other side thinks or feels about gun control and get clouded by emotion and we're not like looking at the person right or even really looking at the problem and what people actually believe i mean because like there was a poll done and like 95 percent of americans agree that there should be background checks 95 percent as the guy I was listening to yesterday said, we probably couldn't get everybody to look up at the sky and 95% of us agree on what we see in the sky, you know? And yeah. like, and yet our elected officials still didn't pass a bill that would require background checks. You know, that's a whole different discussion. But the fact is, I think there's a lot more that unites us than divides us on the topic, but we get so we get so caught in our emotions and our, and our beliefs on the subject that we don't even like allow ourselves to have this discussion. But I love chapter four, the theory behind chapter four. I haven't read the whole thing, but um, I think it is so true. And I've lived this in my own life. I was raised a very conservative Republican. When I started voting, I voted for Republicans because that's just what I was raised and trained to do. I didn't I? Can I tell you that when I first started working with you, I didn't accept your friend request until I saw that you had voted for Hillary. <laughs> because like I was like I was like worried, you know, like not that I can't be friends with somebody that has different like political opinions, but that like I was afraid of what I would see on your wall. Right. That would that would um that would that would taint uh what's the word I'm looking for? That would um make you think about me in a certain perspective when you're right. like and like and like and I was like trying to like keep like that professional distance because it's really none of my business. Like if you're my client, right. like whatever, you know, but but to be friends with somebody is a different thing. Right, exactly. And 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 you know? we, do, we do we do tend to gravitate towards people who have similar beliefs with us. And I know that I would rather I would rather spend my time with people who are like minded because it's it's that's just the way we are. That's just you know, and, and also just sometimes it's hard to feel like when I see like I got a friend request from somebody that I didn't accept because I this was like before the election but she was like supporting media and I was just like looking at it and thinking like why does this person even want to be friends with me like everything about my life goes against what she believes in you know like I'm pro-choice yep. my mother is a lesbian <laughs> like I you know like I'm like you know I'm pretty liberal I'm you know might mean conservative on some things, but I'm pretty liberal. And, you know, like I call myself a feminist. I am a feminist, you know, and it just wasn't even just like, it was just like, why does she want to be friends with me? Everything about my lifestyle goes against what she believes in. Right. Yeah, it's so true. Well, Facebook's a true thing because I often think that those of us who run online businesses, we tend to um, friend everybody in the hopes that somehow we will, um, you know, our business will get more exposure or whatever like that. That used to be my way of thinking, but I'm backing down from that kind of because of what, what you're saying. Like when I was just an author, it was one thing because I could care less if people like... Like I just wanted to get my books out there and people to see my books and and I hope the more people that saw them the better. But now that I do so much more like um, 
actual interaction with clients and service work and I'm supporting and promoting, like it does matter because if I want to be free to post my opinions on my Facebook page and if I've got clients that are of the complete opposite persuasion and they wind up firing me because they don't like the fact that I'm, you know, pro whatever and they're not, then that's, that's a problem. And that's something I've always been of the mindset that you don't poop where you eat. Um, you know, I would try yeah. and, not, you know, I try not to, to have close friendships in my workplace, but when I was working in a place for the same reason, like if things go bad, like the same whole thing with like dating in the workplace. I mean, if things go bad, you're in trouble, right? Cause yeah, it's the same thing. So, and I think that there's nothing wrong with, um, with kind of trying to maintain a professional distance. Right. You know, I respect, you know, people can have their opinions and stuff, but, you know, that doesn't mean that I have to be friends with them. Right, right exactly. You know, so. Well, it's but, interesting. Um, Go ahead. Did you, see, did you see that part where she um, has, like, um, she talks about the acronym raving on the eight thirty eight. The what? Page 38. And so she, because like, I think that what we're really talking about is trusting others and trusting ourselves. And your trust is such a big part of like braving the wilderness. Right. That you have to trust that you yourself are taking a stand for the right thing. And you have to trust that other people will That's a good point. You know, um, and it's, it's, you know, despite everything that she says about standing up for yourself and, and, and having, you know, standing your ground and finding yourself and, and being in there, there's a real message of love and understanding that goes underneath everything that she's saying, you know, it's like, hold, hold, you know, have your, have your, um, Oh my gosh, I can't think of the words I'm trying to find today. Have your uh, baseline, baseline. like and, and those types of things. But, you know, she talks about embracing humanity and, um, you know, helping other people and, and not being a total jerk when you're trying to engage with other people and all those yeah, types And she of says that, you know, it goes both ways. Right. Like, if you are not okay with people calling Trump names, you have to also not be okay with people calling Obama names or Hillary names. Exactly. And, you know, she has this whole section, that's the section that I'm in the middle of now, where she talks about dehumanizing people. Yes. And that, like, you it's so important to make sure that you are seeing the humanity in everybody. Yes. You know, and that you have to start from humanity and love and kindness and that you can't have a double standard. That's right. It's not okay to call one person means it's not okay to call the other person. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, I, I started to talk about this a minute ago, but I think um, what it, my husband often reminds me, he's like, you know, you can't just be a Facebook warrior. You're not going to change anybody's opinions just by posting this stuff on Facebook because does anything other people post that's contrary ever impact you? And I'm like, no. And he's like, you need to just, you need to have face-to-face conversations as, as, as nicely as you can. And sometimes it's hard. Some people are argumentative and some people you can't really have a conversation with. But I will tell you that the things that have changed me the most in my life have been those deep conversations with people that believed something entirely different than I did. And to start with, when I was at the time that I spent in Europe, like being surrounded from people of completely different backgrounds and belief systems and religions and, um, you know, all kinds of things where we would just as friends have conversations and sit down and talk about in a very non-confrontational way. Sometimes it would get a little bit heated, if not heated, but like a little bit more fired up as we talked about why we disagreed or whatever with the topic. Yeah. But in a very, well, that's okay. yeah, we would talk very non-confrontationally yeah. about why we believed what we did. And those conversations for me as a 20, 21 year old and into my 22nd year, when I went back, like those were the most life-changing discussions that set me on a path to where I am now and to truly realizing that I didn't know why I was voting Republican. And at the end of the day, I still consider myself fairly middle ground. Like I want to be a fiscal conservative, but I also see the benefit of some of social programs, you know, and I think yeah. there's, a, there's a middle ground to all of it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just those extremes that have really like hope our country exactly and, and i feel like we are not um you know like in the, like we just put ourselves and we put other people in a box yes exactly but like if you really like but if you really think about who you are like nobody like you know checks off all the boxes in one column right like we're complex we're messy we you know there's you know, um, you know, like for example, like those Republicans out there that are for gay rights because they have gay people in their life that they love. Right. You know, or there are, you know, I'm trying to think of an example from the Democrats. <laughs> I can't think of one right now, which is bad, but, you know, so I, you know, I think that's just like the biggest thing is that everything always has to be either or. Right. And like, look, you know, we're losing sight of the fact that, like, us as individuals have, like, so many different, like, conflicting, you know, um, things that conflict with what our ideology is supposed to be. Right. Absolutely. Well, um, we are running out of time, but I want to wrap this up with, um, I think, um, the chapter that I'm really looking forward to read because I think it will help me, especially during this time where I try and, and figure out how to, how to talk to people that are different, that believe differently, that all of that. And she says, hold chapter six, the title is hold hands period with strangers. And she says that the, the connection between building true belonging practices, maintaining our belief in an extractable um, human connection the spirit that flows between us and every other human in the world is not something that can be broken. However, our belief in the connection is constantly tested and repeated, um, repeatedly severed. 
So I just, I love this idea of that, that, that relationships rooted in love and compassion um, really, really will help us continue to build the right way, um, you know, stop the polarization of everything and, you know, move forward. But so my overall assessment, even though I didn't get to read the whole book, is that it's really a lot to think about, a lot to um, to unpack. Like at I, the yeah, yeah, a lot to unpack. And, um, you know, you could probably teach like a whole class on this book alone. Right. You but know, I think it's just, such an important topic right now. And it's pe- something that people need to read if they're interested in truly having discussions that matter and discussions that go somewhere instead of just going around in circles and being stuck on like a hamster wheel of ideology. Exactly. You know, and it's just, um, you know, but, you know, like she said, it's hard, it's difficult because Especially, you know, because in the beginning she talked a lot about, um, you know, like braving the wilderness within your own family. Right. You know, because who cares what strangers think? Right. But you care about like maintaining a good relationship with your family. And actually, somebody um, who is in, I think she's in our like published cell group, just um, posted um, like a blog post um, the other day about how. She, like, had to do the same thing and then, like, post her relationship with her family. But at the end, she felt safer and felt like a better person for it. Like, she did what she had to do. Right. Because, you know, and I think that's a fear that a lot of us have. It's like, what are we going to lose by braving the wilderness? Right. But what are we going to lose by not braving the wilderness? And what are we going to gain? I think that's the big question is what will we gain? Thank you for Nancy. Thank you for Nancy. Thank you for Nancy. <laughs> thank you, Nancy, for participating with it. And hopefully, as we move on, we will um, we will grow our uh, engagement on this process. And and if you want to join us in the end of the month discussions, we would love to have you here with us, so that it is like a true book club. Uh, so something to think about. And what was the name of the book again that we are doing for March? Girl, wash your face. <laughs> I love it. I love the title. I can't wait to. Okay, so we'll post a link. Yes, we will know. Post a link. And uh, yeah. all right, so join us live next week, sometime between eleven and one on the Facebook page. We will try to send out a reminder ahead of time so that you know what to do. And um, I will hardwire my internet so that hopefully we can actually go live for longer than thirty seconds. And <laughs> have a great week. Lose the cape. Love your neighbor. Be kind, all that good stuff. Peace yeah. out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>